You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. God's Word, I want you to open to Psalm 148. Today, Psalm 148. We'll read the whole psalm in just a minute. And I don't know if Sonia is here. I don't know if I've met Sonia, but I got a picture from Sonia, and I hope I'm saying her name right. Sonia, I think they're a newer family. Joel and Celeste, not here. Um, Sonia, I think turned this in last week, drew this as we look at Psalm. We were looking at Psalm 139 last week and drew this wandering path. I think it says the way ever, something like that. Just that reminder, the shepherd with the sheep leading, guiding us, knowing wherever we're, we're at. He knows. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He's present. He formed us. And we say, search me, Lord. So I appreciate her turning that in. And kids, turn them in. You see my stack or hand them into my hand while I'm talking to somebody. Put your name on it. That helps me a lot. And uh, appreciate Sonia uh, turning that in. Let's look at God's Word, Psalm, hopefully you're there, Psalm 148, verses 1 through 14. So God's Word says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling His word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, Beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. For His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for His people. Praise for all His saints, for the people of Israel who are near to Him. Praise the Lord. Let's pray once again. Father, guide our time as we study this particular passage of Your Word. This is what You've written. You've preserved it of long ago for us to sit with it in front of us and to be encouraged by it, convicted by it, Lord, help us in our unbelief to believe. Lord, would you guide us to believe what we're reading and to believe who you are, who you've said you are throughout Scripture in this particular passage. Give us understanding where where maybe things are difficult to understand. And Lord, may may we leave here, Lord, desiring to join in this chorus to praise you. We pray just for your spirit to work in our hearts during this time in your word pray this in your name. Amen. I mentioned before, but a little different slant. Do you realize that what we're doing in our praise, that, that, that what's going on around us at this very hour, and then the next hour, and the next hour after that, into tonight, 
and through the night, there is a chorus of praise ringing throughout creation. 24 hours. You know, we think we start at 10.30. That's our praise. We're just, we're in the line. And creation is praising God at all hours of the day. And from heavens to earth, God is being praised. And we just simply would just join in this chorus of the universe. You probably caught on to that theme in this psalm. I lo- you love Scripture sometimes when it's, it's very clear. Praise the Lord. It's, just, it's out there. You don't have to go try to figure out a lot of things. There's an imperative here. There's a command, and it's a command to all of really creation, really, to praise the Lord. Twelve times it's in just this, this section. It's the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, we get the word hallelujah from it. It's hallel, praise, hallel, praise, yah, Yahweh. So hallelujah, praise Yahweh, praise the Lord. So it's, a, it's really a hallelujah chorus throughout. And, and in the midst of these other psalms, if you've been reading them along um, this week, some of these other ones around this one. The call for us today, very simple, is for us to join in to the praise of what creation is doing, to join into this. And I think it's God's gracious call. You're hearing a command here, do something, but within that, it's God's gracious call, I think, to do what will give us most joy and strength and to join with all creation and praise the Lord. And so may we, as we join in, as we study this, be strengthened in the joy of the Lord. I'm seeing three parts in this psalm as we go through it. Um, maybe call them, I don't know, there's a better name for it, realms of praise, something like that. It, verses 1 through 6, you've got the, the heavenly realm. So we're going to look at that, 1 through 6, this heavenly realm of praise. And then verses 7 through 13, I'm going to make a break between 30 and 14. You've got the earthly realm of praise. So we're, we're going big sky, really, to, to the earth below And then verse 14, really another group, a realm singled out that of God's saints, his unique people. So let's look first here at the heavens, verses uh, 1 through 6. And let me just review. We'll do 1 through 2 here to look at those first. Praise the Lord. It's really the bookend of the psalm, isn't it? It's both places, beginning and end. And then praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his, his hosts. Each of these groupings, they take us. Again, we're reading songs, poetry. There's a poetic view to the vastness of the praises of God throughout the universe. Heights, angels, hosts. Angels, maybe we're familiar with a little. Angels, that's, we kind of know that language a little bit. God's messengers. Psalm 103.20 says this. It zeroes in on the work of angels, and it says this. calls them mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his God's word. That's angels. And then the psalm, that same psalm, goes on to speak of his hosts. We think of the heavenly hosts, the heavenly armies, or the great army of the Lord, and it calls them his ministers who do his will. Angels, hosts, doing the will. And they're both to praise the Lord. Hold on to that thought. They're praising. They're doing His will. And now let's go on to verses 3 through 4 because the praise of the heavens continues. Praise Him, sun and moon. 
Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Can you get a picture in your mind here? And that's what I think we're supposed to do. A mind of heaven listed here. The entirety of the universe is commanded to praise the Lord. The blazing sun gives us light and warmth. Without it, we're, we're dead. The moon, right? I don't know all about the moon, but it, it does. It's, we've got tides going. There's a balance thing going on with the moon. All these things. The stars just declaring. You get to a dark place and look at the stars. It's really hard to come away from looking at stars without saying, Lord, look at your glory. We're to look at that sun, moon, shining stars. And then, and then the highest heavens, and, and then this phrase, the waters above the heavens. This is potentially a bit of a head scratcher, right? What, what, whoa. Yeah, there's what, you mean are there waters beyond the stars, or where are these waters of the heavens? Here's how Genesis 1 puts it in verses 6 through 8, speaks of these waters on that, that second day of creation. It says, God says, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse that in the middle, heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. Now, some might see this waters above the heavens and and I'm not... For, you know, here's what it has to be. Some might see it as, as the extremities of the universe, maybe something further out there. But I'm going to lean uh, another way in Psalm 148, that these waters above the heavens, others see them just as these are rain clouds. I think that's what Genesis creation language refers to. No matter how you look at it, these, are these rain clouds, is this something like way beyond that? We just don't see, we don't know of, no matter what, what is going on in the heavens? It's a chorus of praise. It's praise. Be it, be it rain clouds, sun, moon, stars, hosts, all creation echoes and responds to its creator in praise. And in fact, it's commanded to praise. And because of that command, it's going to do it. Then verses 5 through 6 answer why, why? Why is this command? Or, or maybe, how do the heavens praise their maker? So let's look at that. Five and six, kind of the, the summary statement. We're going to see it as it summarizes uh, verses 7 through 12 later, but th- just this summary, let them praise the name of the Lord. And then we've got that wonderfully helpful little four there. Four, answering why. Because why? Because or for he, the Lord, commanded and they were created And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Verse 5 here gives the overall command, let them praise the name of the Lord. And then it proceeds via three lines to tell us again why. God commanded, thus there's creation. He established, thus it lasts. He gave a decree, it will hold. You remember me mentioning angel hosts doing his will? something about God in, in God's creation here. Their mission is to obey God's word, to do his will. 
And I think the explanations here in, in the second part of verse 5 through 6, they tell us about the praise that's to, that's to characterize these heavenly realms. The praise here, I think, I mean, beyond their beauty and what we see in them, is they are fulfilling God's word. They're doing it. What he commands, they do. And that's praise. The sun rotates here, the moon there, the angels are doing this. There's praise. They're, they're fulfilling God's commands and decrees. John Lorinus, if I'm saying his last name right, Lorinus, he says this These verses declare two miracles of God's will and word. That is the creation and consolidation of the earth. Here's what he says What are these two miracles? Jehovah first produced matter. Right? Out of ex nihilo, out of nothing, creation. That's a miracle. And then he says, then he ordered and established it. He creates it and he established and it's working just the way he established. And the praise of the heavenlies is joined to their heavenly obedience. Now, let me just stop here. Little, little bunny trail. We want to recognize a question perhaps some of you are asking. I asked it as I went through here about the establishing the heavens forever and ever. He gave a decree, it shall not pass away. Perhaps the question is, don't we read in the New Testament, Jesus said heaven and earth will not pass away. Right? His words would not, but they, they would. Heaven and earth will, will pass away. His words would not. Here it seems to imply the heavens won't pass away. So we come to this, and I don't want to bring up, stir up things, but we come to, to what is perhaps, well, at first glance, a contradiction. Well, which is it? Let me just honestly say, I don't have it all sorted out, but here's some, here's some places, and you're going to hear these probably familiarly. Most times we come to places like these that we wrestle with. Here's number one, and I think I brought this up last week as we looked at Psalm 139. Number one, where we start, the Bible's without error. It's not, this is not a problem for the Bible. It's a problem for me looking at it. It's a problem for us as we look through it to understand it. Our conviction must be this is God's Word. We don't want to come and stand over God's Word. Well, if it messes up here, then I'm going to throw it out. Isn't that Satan's temptation to us? Well, here it, here it is. Yes, you can't believe it. That's what he's been doing forever. So that's where we start with. So forget if we can explain it or not. This is God's Word. Okay, here's a couple. Maybe these will be helpful. They're helpful. Maybe a direction of sorts. Uh, one idea. The heavens are eternal in one sense, temporary in another. You might say, well, that's just two ways to say it. So the heavens, right, as Jesus spoke, of what, spoke about, they would... They would pass away in the end. That's their temporary nature. But we also see in Revelation, there's a new heavens and a new earth. And maybe there's a sense, maybe I'm stretching, but there's a sense in this eternal eternality of heavens and earth. There's an eternalness to them, even though there will be a new, the, the ones old, the ones new. Maybe not the same ones, but you might say they're established forever. Maybe that's helpful dig a little deeper regarding the word here i've got an esv in the verse six and he established them that word established and then you've got the word forever there 
Now, the ESV uses this word established, uses it many other places, but in most of those places that I found, it's a different Hebrew word. The Hebrew word here they're translating as established is not the same one they use established for in all these other places. The word here established can have a sense of appointing or assigning. Okay, so maybe if we think of he established them as he created them forever, maybe he assigned them forever, as well as the the words forever can also perhaps have a meaning of a, a long duration. We think of forever and ever. That's what it says. Is it a long duration? It could be. I'm just, I'm holding these, just hold them loose, helpful, maybe. Another, as we look at verse 6, the last line of verse 6 is the decree and the passing away. Now this, here's God's word, I think, coming back, I would say, together. His, what, will, what will not pass away? His decree. His decree. And I, and I actually, I think you could say, we find in here proof, Jesus, of what he said, that my words will not pass away. His decrees shall not pass away. And I think even contextually, all these words, this commanding, establishing, decreeing, I think they point more to God's word and its lastingness of what he says will take place. His word's eternal. So the objects themselves may pass away, his word will not. Now, just I, I bring this up because I bring you along to say, how do we deal with hard things in Scripture? None of these maybe completely just answers the question. But again, again, Satan's ploys is to get us to doubt God's words and then chip away at our foundation. We can't do that. We need to commit. Say, Lord, I may not understand it now. I may have looked at ten commentaries and I can't, I can't find it, but Lord, I trust your word. I trust it. And we need to do that. And, and often we will find, maybe not now, but in so many places, have you seen God's faithfulness just to struggle with this? Oh, that's, that makes sense, seeing it in that light. So it's helpful. Okay, short rabbit trail, coming back now. Come back to the psalm as a whole. The heavens praise God by obeying his eternal word. And now to the earth. Look at um, verses 7 through 8. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. I don't know what, what are the, uh, the great sea creatures. Kids, for your drawing, could be monsters, dragons, something like that. These great, it calls them great sea creatures, perhaps. So even of what we cannot see in the deep, Right, of verse 7, and then we've got that praising, and then what we see in the weather, verse 8, the weather, the fire, the hail, the snow, the mist, the stormy wind. One commentary asks, how does a mute creation praise? By being what it is, his subjects fulfilling their allotted function, just as the praise of the stars is their subservience to fixed divine ordinances. Just as Orion comes up and goes down, God's fixed, and he's fixed creation here on earth, the weather, the creatures of the deep, praising God, fulfilling his, his word. So praise 
is not just, it's not just a song, right? It's not just even as beautiful as the birds are and what we see. It's praise God's created, this praise functioning in the way that the Creator intended. And even, I've got an underline from before I ever studied this passage, stormy wind fulfilling His Word. This is a one, I walked to church this morning. Is it windy out there? Did you drive? Praise the Lord. What an awesome, this is, you see what's going on? There's stormy wind fulfilling His Word. We know that. We live in Leroy here, Minnesota, northern Iowa. It gets windy it's windy here, and should we not be in awe every time it's windy? When we feel that wind, Psalm 148, 8, it's fulfilling His Word, fulfilling what God has said. It's almost as if God's Word, His purpose, it's felt. We can feel it, right? We're not feeling God. God is, God is in the heavens. We, we praise Him. It's not like He's in the trees, but we, we sense His purpose and His Word in the wind, that we feel. And, and let me then, just in this section, just, I'm just going to push this point a little bit further and maybe poke a little bit, okay? What is God's Word doing? What's His will doing in terms of the weather around us? And what does it mean when we complain about the weather? Do we ever do that? We do. It's so hot out. It's too cold. It's dry it's wet and we know what's behind there's things and we know creation's corrupt but according to psalm 48 that weather all of it is fulfilling god's word whatever we see we as christians we ought to be we ought to be the last to be complaining and i know i know it's i'm gonna i'm gonna go home today and say it was cold it was chilly whatever but it's it's a directive to us to say this is god he's he's everywhere in creation we can praise him and praise Him, we get to live in a place, we may not have the mountains or the ocean waves, but we've got wind, right? And look at it, what a beautiful thing we have for God to just blow by. Oh yeah. Next time you feel that, you go, it's so windy, it's so fulfilling His Word. And you're seeing creation blow. And, and, and what? In that, praise the Lord. It's praising the Lord. Okay, now, mountains and animals. Verses 9 through 10. Mountains and all hills, they're to praise the Lord. Fruit trees, cedars, beasts, all livestock, creeping things, and flying birds. There's a scaling up here, I think, from the deeps to the heights, all of creation. Even creeping things. One Bruce Welke calls them creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies. He calls them the running with the little steps kind. Do you have any? Look at where God has put stuff all around us. Do you have any running with the little steps kind? In your house. Some of you, that's a bad thought. You're, that's a scary thought. Some of us, before you run away, look at that and say, look at it fulfilling God's word. It's praising the Lord. Creation praises the Lord. All of it. And then verses 11 through 12 to the people, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Man's commanded, right? All the all the 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 range here, kings to peoples to young to old. If we struggle, and some of you may have expressed this at times, the 
what's the purpose of mankind? If we struggle with that question, what's the purpose of mankind? You may wonder why you're here. What's God's purpose? Or you've got declining health. Why does God leave me here? Why am I here? What am I doing? I think we can say this. As long as we have been appointed to live here on this earth, what's the call of every man? To praise the Lord. We may have earthly vocations and, and all, doing all sorts of different things. It's to praise the Lord in all of who we are and what we do and to join that chorus of creation. Our life is made to praise. Again, not, it's not primarily success, not primarily riches or primarily comfort, but praise. And so the psalmist just as he did in verses 5 through 6, then kind of brings us back around to this summary statement in verse, verse 13. Let them, so we went heavens, now earth, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. God's name, this is all of who God is, referring to that, his entire being wrapped up in his name, his name alone is to be exalted. And, and just to, I think, poetically drive home the message, this third line of this portion, His majesty is above the heavens and earth. His splendor, His beauty, it's above the heavens and the earth. What truth does that imply? It says this, no matter the beauty of that, that butterfly, or if you are into creepy crawlies, the beauty of the creepy crawly, thing with little feet, um, no matter what, no matter if it's an eagle, the Grand Canyon, great mountains, they are not the object of praise. His majesty is above those things. That's who we praise. And we say he made that and he made that and it's praising him and it's praising him. And we praise all of these things pointing to him. We used to say when we would go camping out with the kids, we'd look at the the... I guess it was, or were they pine trees, I guess, in the forest? They just have a natural point to them. It's like they, they, you know, like God gave us a reminder. They're pointing. Oh, yes, all of creation points to who the Lord is, to his praise. Well, lastly, we arrive at verse 14. There's praise in the heavens, praise on the earth, and now praise, a praise for his saints. Try to understand this. Read it first. Verse 14, he is raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. Now another word, you've got the word maybe horn in there. He's raised up a horn. Another word to help us understand that language is strength. So the horn was the symbol of strength. And so you could could potentially read verse 14 as he has raised up strength for his people. And I, I'm seeing two aspects. Not, I don't think they're two different things at all. They're two aspects of this raised up horn for his people and how it relates to praise. One is, I think, horn, it's directly related to praise. So the call to praise is the call to be uh, strengthened. Hopefully, as we've looked through this psalm, you've been strengthened. As you look at creation, you're strengthened. As we sing today and we sing music and we hear the voices and we sing these words, 
You come away and go, I'm strengthened today. What a gift of God to strengthen us through praise. And strength comes, I think, as we praise. But there's another aspect that's tied to this, and it's this, again, this idea of horn or strength. Psalm 132 speaks of Zion, Jerusalem, as a place where God will make a horn to sprout for David. And then we fast forward to Zechariah, father of John the Baptist, his prayer in Luke 1, and he speaks thus in the Holy Spirit. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Jesus, the fulfillment of this horn of David this horn of salvation for God's people. Christ Jesus, he's the ultimate means and object of our praise. And the reason we can praise when we have not lived lives according to his word, when we've gone astray from his word, God has graciously worked by his spirit to bring us back through the blood of Jesus. And we can now praise. And so... Our praise is directly tied to Christ Jesus. He is our praise. A couple thoughts as we close here. One is praise is more than just singing. It is singing. It is song. These are psalms. These are songs. But it's more than that. If we look at creation, it's fulfilling God's Word. It's obeying. When we obey, kids, when you obey your parents, when we obey God's Word, there is a sense in which we are following creation's praise and praising the Lord. It's not just our song, right? God desires obedience. Desire obedience, not necessarily to obey, right, is better than sacrifice. So obeying is a form of praise. But praise is also, praise is also, it's strength, it's enjoyment. It's C.S. Lewis. He wrote about this, and I don't have a long quote, but he, he wrote about praise being the, the outworkings of delight in someone, that we praise what we enjoy. We praise things. You, if you see something good and you read a good book or see a good movie, you want to you praise it. Hey, I saw this. You want to tell it, it calls it, I think Lewis calls it praise, the, the, the completement of that joy. So praise is a gracious gift of God for our joy, for our strengthening. And, that's what, and then lastly, we see praise as strengthening our faith. How are we made strong? Praise. Praise who? Who's our strength? The Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise God when we glory in Jesus and we praise the one who died for us that we can sing to him again. We bring him glory. And enjoy him forever. Charles Spurgeon, I'll end with this. He says this. Praise ye the Lord, or hallelujah. This should be the alpha and omega of a good man's life. Let us praise God to the end, world without end. May we join in this chorus, renewed by Jesus, that we can come again and we are reconciled and praise Him forever and be strengthened as we think and ponder on and renew and obey what God has said. Let me pray for us.
Lord, for where we have been oblivious to creation around us, even your wind and where I myself have said it's too much this, it's this, and I've complained, Lord, when it's, when it's fulfilling your word. Lord, help us to see you in these places. And may when we see these things like wind, storms, mountains, deeps, your wonderful creation, your tall mountains, your deep caverns, your glorious sunshine that we can't even look at with our, with our naked eyes, the moon giving light and the stars all over the place, and may it erupt and we say there's a majesty above all this. It's you, Lord Jesus. Lord, help our hearts. Lord, you've given us, we're thinking of psalms to refresh. You've given us refreshment, and it's by means of praise. May we be people of praise in our lives. We ask this in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.